in society. I think women um, are supposed to look, you know, sexy on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I think as we get older, we maybe aren't feeling as sexy because we're 10 pounds heavier or because, you know, whatever. And I think, I think that is a struggle. I think for women that are a little bit on the older side, I think that's a struggle. However, when women kind of realize, you know what, this is who I am and they're just kind of open and out there with it, it's so much fun and it's amazing because they're really being true to themselves. Have you ever in your adult life looked at yourself in the mirror and said, what am I doing with my life? Well, you're not alone. No matter if you suffered from trauma, depression, anxiety, or feel stuck in your current situation like I did in the past, or are a super achiever, we all get to a place where we start hearing the ticking sound of life passing by, realizing at that moment that there has to be more to life than what there currently is. And all of a sudden, the who am I and what am I doing with my life questions come up, and that is usually the moment where we start to crave for more. That is the moment we start to crave for a sense of purpose. Join me and my inspiring guest on our journey to helping people just like you to find themselves, find a purpose, and not only break through whatever is holding them back from the life they always dreamed about, but also to develop the resilience, the mindset, and get the capabilities needed to turn those dreams into reality and to become the artists of their life. I am Rodolfo DeAngeli, and I welcome you to Life Artist Radio. Welcome to another episode of Life Artist Radio. I am your host, Rodolfo DeAngeli, and today I am joined by Maura Gogan. She's the founder and lead stylist at Wandering Parisian and Dating with Style. She became a stylist after a long career in public health behavior research and programming. As a personal wardrobe stylist, she brings the simplistic yet elegant approach to styling, allowing clients to feel unencumbered and confident. Maura started dating with style when she started to date after her almost 20-year partnership fell apart. And based on her experiences, she knew how difficult it was to date in her 40s and that offering styling services could help meet a need. Dating with Style is targeted to 40-plus men and women who are dating and need go-to date outfits and support. Mara has a blog, Instagram, and Facebook page where she provides fashion information and advice. She loves working one-on-one with clients to discover or rediscover their style and help clients both in person and virtually. You can find her on Instagram at The Wandering Parisian and also on Instagram on Dating with Style Club. And then on uh, her Facebook page is Dating with Style and her website, wanderingparisian.com. And here she is all the way from Washington, D.C., Maura Goggin. Welcome to Live Artist Radio. Yay! Oh my God, this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, wow. Oh my God, this is an absolute honor. And as you know, off off air, I uh, quickly got rid of my wife out of the house, and she, I said to her, "You're not allowed to listen to this podcast today. Do not tune in live from the car. Just stay away from this." <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so good, so good. Um, yeah, beautiful energy. I really enjoy this. Um, and I usually start the, the 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 show with with one with this question, and I say, "How did you get here?" What I mean by that is. What was the journey? You know, Life at this Radio is really about the journey of the person that, that joins me and, 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 you know, is able to share their story with the world and the people that, that, that follow us and listen. Um, so if you could, you know, bring us on a journey from the beginning on to here. From what's, what's Morris, Maura's uh, Gogan's journey and story and, and ups and downs and discoveries and, 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 purpose and legacy okay. <laughs> well first of all thanks for having me um Absolutely. i uh yeah so i uh am a personal stylist here in dc but this is a second career um as you mentioned i was in public health but um to kind of take it back <clears throat> a little bit i um you know i was always kind of a creative person and um, I loved fashion, I loved style, and you know, in high school, I was you know really into that. And then I ended up going to college, and I, I thought I wanted to be an art major, and I, I kind of got a little scared, and I ended up being a cultural anthropology major. I guess that was the next best thing. I don't know. <laughs> But from that point, you know, I I really did like anthropology. And I think the, the core of that is that I really liked understanding, you know, people's people's behaviors, why they behave, you know, why cultures behave certain ways and, and and not in others, and you know, sort of drivers to that, you know, what their environment is, their their, you know, um, peer-to-peer or communities uh, allow them to develop around behavior. So I really liked that. And after college, I became a teacher on an Indian reservation here in the U.S., uh, the Blackfoot Reservation. So I was a teacher for at-risk youth uh, for, for a year. Amazing. And then, um, I, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, but it was an education. You know, it's uh, reservation life is, is very difficult, very difficult. Mm. Um, mm. At that, which is a completely separate show. So if you want me on to talk about that, oh, let's, <laughs> do that. let's book it in. Let's book it in. <laughs> You're already scheduling a second show. I love it. Yeah, let's schedule uh, right away. Let's hit the iron when it's hot. Let's do it. <laughs> so I kind of, so I went to grad school and I got um, a graduate degree in management and I really wanted to focus on international development things. And I, and I really loved that. Um, and then I fine tuned it and I went to grad back to grad school for another graduate degree in public health. And, you know, throughout this whole time, I was working with contracting agencies that were getting U.S. government money to work overseas. And a lot of it was research based and it was a lot of it was driven around, you know, getting published. And so I was surrounded with by um, a lot of <laughs> I'll just say smart people, <laughs> a lot of doctors, PhDs, you know, people that are trying to do research. And that was exciting. But I started kind of getting away. I started going down this this path of thinking that I wanted to do that. And, you know, I really became very disconnected with that creative piece of me. And so bringing us to 2015, I was working for a project that um, was a 
you know, it was a contracting agency for the U.S. government in, in development work um, around maternal and child health. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I kind of burned out. So my, my then husband and I went to France. He had an opportunity to go to France and I went there and I just realized like, whoa, you know, people just, just the, the way they dress is just so inspiring. You know, it's so, and, and, and there's nothing like magical about it. It's just, they pay attention, you know, they, they, they take pride in, in, in how they look and take risks too, in order to do that. And so I just decided, you know what, I was, I just really didn't want to do development anymore. And I had two grad degrees <laughs> that now I'm not going to be using. Um, but I get back to the States. I took some training in how to be a stylist and I started my, my business. Um, but then my then husband was like, oh, so you're not, you're not going back to work. Well, um, yeah, I'm not really going to support you in that. And so job had to go. The husband had to go. (laughs) Every, everybody went. It was, uh, yeah, it was a fire sale. (laughs) 2015, was it? 2015 to 2016. Yeah. Right. We got back right. to the States in 2016. Right. Okay. I see. So, so you're back in the States. You had a great time in Paris or in France, right? Mm-hmm. You come back and then your husband says, well, you know, go back to work or I'm not going to support you. How was that? Like, you know, and the reason why I ask this is because, you know, I'm pretty sure there's, there's quite a few people that will listen to this that are in that situation, you know, that they have a dream, they have a goal, but then, you know, and I get that often with my clients and so on, uh, or people that reach out in social that they feel unsupported, you know, and then it's that in a battle, do I go for my dream or they'll hold back? Matter of fact, I actually sent out one an email today to my list that was talking about this. Um, mm-hmm. How was that for you? Like, how did you make that decision? Do I go for my dream, my new business, my new thing, my purpose, perhaps my mission, or I have a 20 year relationship that is now kind of like in danger. How was that? Yeah. So I think the, because of how it happened, you know, I think a lot of people that find themselves in partnerships that just come apart there is a, a workup, you know, there's a long time where maybe they've, you know, been sleeping in separate bedrooms, you know, um, and this was not that. <laughs> this was very, I was just as shocked as um, my ex-husband at the time to to really kind of come to a point where while we're, we're, we're just not compatible, you know, and, and, I, and I think they're, just to kind of, you know, I have perspective now, obviously, which is a little bit different from then, but, you know, everybody has their own journey. Everybody has to be truthful to themselves. So yeah, I was angry that he didn't want to support me. I was angry that he, my happiness didn't, you know, you know, wasn't important to him. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that, but I, but I think now kind of looking back from, from it, it's, you know, he had needs, I had needs, um, of what makes us feel loved and supported and unafraid, 
You know, I think he needed a partner that was going to, you know, be very, very, I'm going to say stable <laughs> for a lack mm -hmm. of a better um, term, but just a different, he needed a different lifestyle than I did. And we realized we could no longer really make each other happy. Um, and I think that was really, that was really tough because we were best friends for 20 years, but to be yeah. honest, you know, in terms of, um, husband and wife relationship, it was more at this point of a friendship. And, uh, I think a lot of people are in that situation too, you know, oh I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, I mean, you have to make a decision of like, you know, do I kind of throw it all on the line because that's what's going to make me happy ultimately. Absolutely. Um, and I think you, you know, what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because even when, you know, I have clients that perhaps sometimes go through a, a challenge in a marriage or, 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 or relationship and, uh, you know, they come and explain and tell me and all of that kind of stuff. I usually ask only one question and that is, does it matter to you? Does this mm -hmm. matter to you, this, this relationship, this, this marriage? Because if it doesn't, then, you know, you just, you just got to move on. But if it does matter, um, then you got to give it everything you have. Because yeah. I usually say if, if there is something, like if you don't like your body, change it, right? Do something about it. If you don't like your career, change it. If you mm -hmm. don't like where you live, change it. If you don't like your car, change it. If you like anything else, change it. But if you don't like, if there's something with your relationship, I, tr I believe if it matters, I believe change yourself first. Mm -hmm. Right, because so some t listen. I had that happening in my life as well, not long ago, only a few years ago. That kind of like my wife and I kind of, you know, me with my coaching, and I used to own a, a construction business, but then I started with coaching, and also I have been you know, involved over the last decade with um, ancient Indian shamanism. So a lot mm -hmm. of travels to South America to learn and, and, and all of that. So I will pass somehow, um, you know, went, went um, kind of different ways, right? But, and yeah. all of a sudden it was like, okay, hang on a second. What, are we separating? As a matter of fact, I had a chat with my mother. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like at a crossroad here then there was a moment just just shortly after that where i i was i asked myself that question that this marriage mattered to me yeah and you know the, the answer was yes and so we we had a chat and we put it back together and it's better than ever now but yeah. i believe that is for sure like you say you know you you have to come to that point and then it's like oh does this matter or do i just gotta move on or how important is my mission, right? My passion or whatever. I think the other thing for me, what I learned, and I hope, you know, people listening um, know this too. And, and I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, when you're in a really long relationship, you change. And if that mm -hmm. relationship is not set up in a way that allows you to change, because I think, and I'll say this, people, um, just as humans, we we like predictability, right? And so when things aren't predictable and when things don't act the way, 
we think it should, we get very fearful. And so, you know, when, if you're in a relationship that's not allowing you to grow, you know, and, and, and not in a way that you're abusive to the other person and taking advantage of them. I don't mean that at, at all. I mean, yes. in a healthy way, you want to grow and learn and, and do it. And, and you just, I mean, we're meant to do that. But I think relationships, a lot of times are not set up to allow us to do that, you know. And I think that's, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And I would say that's, that's one thing that happened in my situation. Mm. Really true. I mean, Jim Rohn says you become the average of the five closest people that is including your family. And mm. I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, oftentimes people think, oh yeah, I got to look for my friends. Who are my friends? Who are the peer group that's going to elevate, elevate me to where I want to go. That's great. That's amazing. But if your family is holding you back, guess what? Mm -hmm. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna reach that peak because at the moment you are maybe gaining a little bit of success, you're looking back and they kind of staring at look like, oh, you know, you're different now or what? And yeah. you feel the love going away and the, the the rapport kind of disconnecting. All of a sudden you feel like, oh shoot, okay, no, hang on. Maybe, maybe I just go back and, and just you know make them feel okay, you know, and they let go of the dream, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously you decided to <laughs> move on. <laughs> yes, yes. I think we got sidetracked there, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, but how was the transition? Like, bring us through that. For someone yeah. that is listening, that is in that situation, you know, and I always say, you know, obviously look for the people that is going to elevate you. I'm not telling you, though, to push the other people away because that's not what we're, do, what we're doing here. And I'm sure you didn't do that either. More is, okay, I embracing who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if you come, that, that will be amazing. But if you don't, I understand that. And, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to just move on, right? Yeah. yeah. What was your transition there? Yeah, that's funny. It's, you know, somebody said this to me once, a saying, I guess, is, um, you know, you just can't bring everybody with you mm. on your journey. Um, okay. So I found myself in, uh, in a new direction and I didn't know, I was okay with not knowing what the end of the tunnel was going to look like. You know, I, I knew that, but I did know that I wasn't in a situation or relationship that was going to allow me to get started on this journey. And so once, you know, we kind of split, um, I started my business, Wandering Parisian. Um, and I started working one-on-one -on -one with clients to, you know, get their closets in a, in a, in a way that um, expressed their style and who they were, who they wanted to be at work and give them the confidence um, that they wanted. And it, it's very gratifying work. I love it. Um, and it's very personal too, you know, when you're in somebody's closet and their space and you're talking about their silhouettes and how they look and how they want to look. And it's, I love it. You see, I get really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking now in my head for someone who is not watching this, who is listening to the podcast, go and watch, uh, you know, on YouTube, the video, because 
right now, she's like, light up, right? <laughs> so, I love it. Now, but you probably gathered the voice changing there and the energy coming through. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I was doing, I was working with people, um, both men and women, you know, um, and as part of one recreation, as I was getting out there and I was dating myself. So I was, you know, I was a little over 40, let's just say <laughs> in my forties. Um, and I hadn't dated in probably about 20 years. Right. So I didn't really know anything about online dating. I, didn't, I mean, I just was really blindsided by what dating looked like now and how very different than when we were young, right? <sighs> completely different, completely different. <laughs> um, and how people behaved. I mean, it was just. Oh, oh. God. Anyway, so I'm just a little older than you, but uh, yeah, when I when I hear things, I'm like, huh? <laughs> you guys don't talk? Like you guys? It's like, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different um, <clears throat> activity. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, shit. Um, so I knew like I was having problems and I was struggling and, um, you know, and I, and I should also say this too, you know, people that have, that are in partnerships, a lot of times the only people that, you know, are other people that are in partnerships. So I was really kind of by myself. I had no single friends, nobody to kind of turn to in my peer group, just to kind of say, you know, are you going through this too? You know, what's happening? How do you do this better? How do you, you know? How do you navigate this? And so I, I felt very isolated. Um, and I knew that if I was struggling around this, that other people in my situation were struggling in similar ways. I mean, I wasn't struggling with how to dress myself to go out on a date, but everything else was a struggle for me. So if I could just do that one piece for somebody, you know, work with them on that one piece, you know, that would that would help, you know, that would make them feel... Sure you know, very confident in going out and, and from somebody that knows, you know, I know what it's like to, to be out there at an older age. So I started dating with style. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, it's people that are in their forties plus that are getting out there, whether, you know, they lost a partner or they're divorced or they're, they're they've kind of been dating, ongoing dating. Um, so I work with them so they have, you know, outfits that they can feel good in for all different kinds of dates and um, support around that. So, yeah. <laughs> there she goes. There she goes. <laughs> Tell me, Mauro, what was the biggest struggle for you? Which part? With dating with style or mm. just dating myself? <laughs> yeah. Yourself. <laughs> dating, getting out there and dating. Um Honestly, I, you know, if I, if I, if I'm completely honest and I know we are on the show, <laughs> um, I was astonished at how people, older adults, my age were treating other people on these dating apps. Um, as if they didn't matter, as if nobody had feelings, as if, you know, we, I mean, just really, and I, cause I think there's sort of this artificial, you know, veil of security. If you're talking to people on an app, 
you know, that you're not a real person, like you're a bot or something. It's like, nope, I'm a real person and I have real feelings and, you know, but like no care in the world as to how they were perceived. And it's like, you know, I, you weren't raised that way. I know you weren't raised that way. So I, I don't know. I think the, the biggest shock for me was the, the way people behaved and treated each other, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess on one hand, like, and, and I've had great experience. I've, I've met some really great people that I would not have otherwise met in my circles. Maybe they don't live on my side of town or, you know, they're not in the industries that I, that I touch through my work. Um, so there's lots of pluses, but, um, there's a lot of, you know, question marks around people's behaviors. <laughs> what was one of the biggest lessons you learned through that? You know, I think the biggest lesson, um, and it honestly, it took me, it took me a while. I think the biggest lesson is to know what you want, be authentic about what you want, um, to, to what, what, what you're not going to settle on, you know, what's a, what's a non-negotiable, what are your non-negotiables? Um, and to kind of, you know, stay true to yourself and how you want to be treated. You know, if you, you feel like you're not being treated well, or people are being weird or something, you know, there's no, there's no reason to stay. Right. Um, and I think, and I will say this, when I first started dating, I think I was very insecure. I didn't know, you know, what I was doing or I didn't know a lot. And so I kind of, you know, for lack of better, better term, I put up with a lot of BS um, and I shouldn't have, you know, but I just was really kind of beside myself. And now after having been dating for a while, it's like, no, I, I really should kind of carve out what it is that I want from somebody versus, you know, how somebody else can, can treat me. And I don't know. It's, I think that's my biggest takeaway. That is awesome. There's always a lesson within, you know, the challenge. And when we get that lesson, you know, we can take that on for the rest of our lives and always kind of adapt it to other things as well. Right. Um, but let me go just one step back, um, just tiny little step back. So you separated and you went, you, you went on to your new journey, dating, the new business and so on and so forth. But emotionally, you know, even though sometimes we, we, you know, even though we take the decision, we make a decision, okay, I need to make a change. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, you got to go and I got to move on. And even though we, we make it in a conscious way and it's, you know, we try to make it as less painful as possible, but mm -hmm. you've been 20 years in that relationship. I mean, 20 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, what, how were you dealing with now? Let me, you know, I usually say when nobody was watching, right. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a moment in our daily life um, you know, especially, you know, and you might agree with, with this, you know, we are online now. I used to own a construction company and today I was talking to a lady that, that, uh, is here helping us out with the house. And I said, I said to her, it's very different. The online world, very different to the physical world out there where I used to have, you know, 
closing million dollar contracts. I can see the other person. I can scan his face, his emotions. I can scan online. We don't have that. Right. And when, even though we move on, but something leaves it. And there is a moment in our daily life where we are by ourselves on the restroom while having a shower, brushing our teeth, the time nobody watches, yeah. nobody's there, no likes, no fancy, no nothing, no well done. How were you really doing on that during that transition? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I, it was very rough. I think, you know, in the beginning, I, well, let's just say uh, my ex-husband was not happy with me. And so he made me feel very awful. And I know people say people don't make you feel, you know, awful. You make your, you, know, you allow them to do that, which well, I think. Is <laughs> um, but he, you know, he, there was things that were said and, and, and I think there was like my, I mean, we were like an institution, right? 20 years. Right. So a lot of people are like, Oh, have you lost your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, have you, you know, really think through this, you know, you, you're making a snap decision and you're, you know, and all these things. And so I, you know, of course I doubted myself, but I knew what I was doing was right. However, I will say I, I felt very guilty and I felt very guilty for a long time. And I felt like people were always mad at me. And I just, and I, and I think I really, while I was still going ahead, my head was down but I was still moving forward, but it wasn't, you know, sunshine, your face is up. It's, it's, it is walking, but it's, um, I felt awful. I really, cause I shifted his life, my life, you know, everything that we had built, I was, I was saying I'm starting over and just, but I had to, I had to forgive myself for that, you know, and it took me a really long time to do that. Um, and it was painful, but once I started to, once I started to realize that the guilt that I was feeling wasn't because people were making me feel a certain way, or it wasn't the perception that I had of how other people were feeling. I made that up. I completely made that up and I believed it. And so once I realized that I was making this story up and I was telling myself this story that nobody else was really doing this, you know, I was doing it to myself, you know, things started to change. You know, I started becoming more confident in my choices, even though, again, I knew deep down it was right. It just didn't, it just didn't feel, I just didn't feel good about it, you know, um, so I think I had to forgive myself for all of that and and allow myself to feel the happiness that I was going towards. Because even though I was doing these things, like I said, I just it didn't feel good, even though I knew it was right. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it does absolutely does. But in terms of dating, <laughs> when I was dating, I had no emotional capacity for anybody because I was just, you know, a little shut down. Um, now, does that mean I didn't want to, you know, want to go out? Of course I wanted to go out, but I, I, I was no good for anybody. And um, I think a lot of people that get themselves out of a situation like a long marriage or a marriage period, 
they need that space, that in-between space to, you know, figure out what it is that they want in life and how they want to, how they want that to look and spend time with themselves. Um, yeah, they shouldn't really be making any promises <laughs> to anybody else. <laughs> I want to take a little second here. You know, I usually take a little second when things like that are shared because this is key, right? A any, any decision in life that is so big even though it is the right decision, like you said, you know, it felt right for me, but but there was a part of me that just didn't come along in the same speed, right? right. Our decision is quick. Okay, yeah, this feels right. My heart, yeah, this is the direction. But then the whole thing has to catch up with that decision. And that yeah. moment can can take some time, you know? Yeah. But if you do allow yourself to go through that rather than thinking, well, this, this is not here. This is not, I'm just, not, that's not, that's not me. That's not happening to me. No, no, no. <laughs> eventually that will catch up. And yeah. eventually you wake up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, miserable because mm -hmm. that still hasn't been processed. And even though you might have another relationship, but like you just said, I wasn't any good for anything, anybody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Powerful, powerful, right? Yep. If we if if we don't fix this, if not fix because it's not broken, but if we do not let this catch up with what's happening, mm -hmm. we are not our true selves, and we we can perpetrate a fraud. Yes. Look at me, I'm happy. Look at me, I'm happy. Oh my God, we're gonna have an amazing time tonight. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna you know clubbing, whatever, whatever. And then, okay, cool. I'm uh, okay. I'll catch you, catch you tomorrow. And then you're back in your car driving home. And then your true self, the truth comes out and says, Hey, yeah. remember me? I'm mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. You can't bullshit me, right? Because yeah. try, it's not going to work. And what you just said is super powerful because for anybody listening, and this doesn't just go for dating, doesn't just go for any. It goes for everything. If there is a change in your life, you got to get yourself to catch up and go through the questions. Oh, okay, I need to forgive. That forgiveness part is right? yeah. huge. I forgave yeah. myself after 40 plus years about all the trauma, you know, that I, that I, um, that I went through. But I realized later on that the life I was living at 40 when I was in my garage looking at a rope and about to jump off the stool, mm -hmm. that didn't happen to me there. The story happened when I was eight months old, when I was 11 months old, when I was 28 years old. That yeah. story was then, wasn't here. I brought that with me and made it my story like you just shared before, right? Right. This passage is so powerful, you guys. You gotta take this in. Very powerful. So I I thank you for bring. See, this is amazing, right? What we're doing here. You are bringing a, a world into Life Artist Radio, which is completely new to me, to to all the listeners that I've been following. We have never talked about dating. We have never talked about, you know, earlier this year about branding and whatever. Mm -hmm. I this week about branding, but what we are talking here about is life which is amazing because these transitions and the ups and downs and what are you doing now 
is a reflection of who you are. And that's the beauty about it. You know, I call it the outer and inner journey. The outer mm-hmm. journey is the, the achievements, the, the, the businesses, the, the wealth and all the things that we go for. This is who we are. This is our inner journey, who we are. If our inner journey isn't at the right place, our outer journey will always be there to replenish a, a void, to fill a void. But the problem with that is every time we get something, we need the next thing because that feeling just right. dissipates after a week or a month. Right. And actually, yeah. I wanted to say something about that, too. I think a lot of people that when they get out of a relationship and they start dating, they're looking for somebody to make them happy. And they mm-hmm. want to start a relationship and be deep with that person, whatever. And they, they don't have any way. They, they want to, but they haven't the capacity to. And so that's good. the pitfall because they haven't taken the time to really get to know themselves. They're looking, as you say, outward for the happiness. Is this person going to make me happy or fulfilled? Is this person, you know? And that's not how it works. Doesn't. Yeah. Would you agree that most relationship marriages um, break apart because of that? Because people suck the life out of the other person to make them feel loved and needed and cared so much that they just drain the life of that. And when we can't get it from that partner, God forbid if we have some kids because we're going to just 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 suck it right out of the kids and yep. the partner just becomes yeah someone that is in the house as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happens, yeah. right? It does. It does. I think because you know what? I think it happens because it's very painful to be with your feelings and you just want it to go away and you want if, if this person will will help me take that pain away or you know then you don't you don't you can ignore it you know mm-hmm. until you it's it's like you say it's always going to be there oh yeah so know it now you know get comfortable with the pain and the you know just but one Let's thing go through it. Going, though, one thing that definitely kept me going, because like, I mean, my hair fell out. I lost weight. You know, I had nothing in my bank account. Like I had no plan. It was, it happened like this. Wow. Um, and, you know, my ex-husband was like, I'm not giving you money, you know. So <laughs> I always thought this is temporary. I can get, mm-hmm. I can, I can get, I can buy this. This is temporary. And I always would tell myself that, like, this is this is really tough. This really stinks because I started, you know, I had to get a job and I started working retail, which I liked. But then, you know, here I am, 40 plus in retail. <laughs> I'd never done it before. It's not my it was not my career path. Wow. You know, um, I learned a lot, but, um, you know, it, it was temporary. It was part of my journey. And I knew that. And I, I kept that focus. This is not forever. This is this is now. And it helped. So good. <laughs> that is so good. The Buddha says this too shall pass, right? Exactly. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. So carry on. 
now, now that we got rid of all the things and the husband is gone, the forgiveness happened, all of that, really retail, we learned a bunch of things. You know, we took a step back to go three steps forward. Isn't this amazing? So, you know, if you're listening to this, this is, this is so, this is honestly let this sink in. Sometimes that step back doesn't mean that you failed. That step back is like if you want to run, what happens? You put that step back, you get ready. It's like that little spring, that little rubber band, right? You you go back for a second and then shoot, you shoot. So mm-hmm. take in what Maura is saying because, you know, for her, like she said, I'm, I, I went into retail, never done this, and oh God, I'm 40 plus, I'm doing this, but I learned something. And then it just, boom, flicked you right where you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every yeah. Piece is, every piece is needed, right? Yeah, it, it is. And like I said, as uncomfortable as it seems at the time, it, it's supposed to happen. It's part of it. Um, and so now I have my business. Um, you know, am I raking in the money? No, not yet. <laughs> but but you feel alive. Temporary. But you feel alive. <laughs> I do. I'm so happy. I never questioned my decisions. They were just very hard decisions. And some days were harder than others. Um, but they were they were really good decisions. Um, and I should say this, too. So we have um, a 10 year old son. Mm-hmm. And I also I think it was important for me and for people that have kids, too. It, it's very important that for me that my son saw me being happy and being creative and being very, you know, I know this word is used a lot, but authentic to myself, everybody uses authentic, but um, yeah, that I was happy. I wanted him to see a happy parent and and for his dad too. Like I, I, you know, I wanted him to see that too. Um, So I think that also helped me make a decision too. I didn't want to be in a, in a, in a bad mood all the time and in a place that just wasn't who I was. So I think that was, um, and now, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. Um, I love working one-on-one with my clients. Um, Every time I leave a client's house, I'm just, I don't know, like I'm just really like smiling and happy. And um, cause I know that I, I made a difference for them. Um, so I want to take this idea and I want to, you know, kind of take it another step further. I want to start, um, uh, a course with stylists and start training them up in a way that, um, is emotionally and psychologically responsible for the clients that they serve, as well as sort of the technical, um, capacity and what it means to be a stylist. Because I think all of these, you're, you're working with the whole person and where they are, you have to meet them where they are. And, you know, doing that, you, you have to um, you have to be responsible for all of those elements of where people are um, in their lives. So that's the next step for me is I really want to start a course and, and train people up to be to be the best stylists uh, they can be in this way. That is amazing. That is amazing. I can't <laughs> wait for you to do that. And, uh, you know, just follow this dream that you are on and this journey. And, you know, I want to just go again, one step back. You just mentioned your son, you know, 10 years old mm-hmm. son. And what you said about, you know, showing him that you're happy and, and so on, that you are going on and, and you know, 
living your dream, living in life um, the way you see it for yourself. That is so beautiful because I had yesterday a guest, um, Paul A. Anderson, and he said the same thing. You know, he has four boys and he said, you know, kids don't listen what you say. They watch what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up as well. Um, You know, whatever your life is, listening, and you have kids, they are watching you every single step. And guess Mm -hmm. what? Because they love you so much, they're going to mirror everything you do Mm because they want to get closer to you. So this is time of leadership, right? Where we, where we, where we pave the path for, for the kids of tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't just imagine your, 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 your kid, you know, watching you and yes, mm-hmm. it perhaps didn't go the way, you know, it is what it is, but you are happy and you're thriving and you're trying and that mm-hmm. is, we'll be with him forever. So yeah. I wanted to stop on this because it's very important. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important too. You know, there's so, you know, we don't, I think as parents, we want to protect them. And so we mm-hmm. think the best way to do that is stay together. And, you know, but the kids are so perceptive. They really know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Um so now we're in the dating world. We're, we're doing you and we're helping people. And what, what, what did you find that the biggest struggles were for people that are starting dating again in their 40s plus and so on? What, have, what are you finding out? Yeah, so my clients that I work with um, – you know, as you can imagine, kind of the scenario where they're in a partnership where maybe they're not going out because the partner they're in partnership with, <laughs> they really don't like each other anymore. So they're not going out, right? So you've got people that have a really um, robust, maybe professional wardrobe, but they don't have a lot of clothes to go out. Um, they don't even know where to start some of them of what that even looks like. Like, do I wear a tie? Do I not wear it? Like, what is, um, if it's just drinks, do I wear a tie? Or <laughs> So it's, you know, for some people, they, they really have not, like myself, had not gone out on a date in a really long time. You didn't even know how to start. And so I try to look in the closet and see what's there that we can kind of work with Um and then kind of suggest things based on, again, their body type and where they are and what, they're, what they like, suggest things that they should have. Um, and I always find it very funny that, uh, you know, men that have not dated in a while and maybe they don't go out a lot and don't have a lot of those kind of clothes, when I suggest certain jeans, oh, that's a lot of money. It's like, okay. <laughs> Let's look at cost per wear. You wear jeans a lot and good jeans are going to, you know, they're going to pay you back. (laughs) You're going to look good. Promise me. I I promise you. Um, You know, it's, but these are the things you kind of have to work. Like I, I I know where you are, but these dad jeans, they've got to go or, (laughs) 
So again, I think it's just being very, you know, having fun with it, being lighthearted, you know, we're just stressing here. It's not, and some people really get anxious around, around it. And it's, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It's, it's not that, you know, it's just, a, it's just a part of, of uh, getting yourself out there and finding your person, you know? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is, is people just not knowing where to even start, you know? So, and women too, women too, you know, what looks good on me? You know, I, this is what I look like when I go to work. I had this one client who, um, she's like, I look like Darth Vader when I go to work. I wear all black and gray. That's it. I have no color in my wardrobe for dating. Help me. You know, I want to look feminine. And it, it was so true too. I opened the door. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I love black. You know, I wear a lot of it. Um, but she was, she was very true. She was very, <laughs> that was true. <laughs> Especially if you, if you never thought about it that way. Right. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden you see, I mean, my, my wife tells me all the time when I'm from Italy. So when I arrived here, I was 34 and, you know, I was dressing anything that you might know about. And that's, that was me, right? Yes. I used to work in construction, but as soon as it would change, you know, it was, it was branded, it was elegant and, you know, mm -hmm. this was me, but Eventually, it faded away. Eventually, you know, I think my life changed as well. And also, mm -hmm. I recognize that probably for most of my life, um, my way of wearing or my, my clothing were kind of um, a way for me to be seen. Mm -hmm. Right, because I I didn't have I grew up with with foster parents. My parents gave me away when I was eight months old. So, um, I I struggled a lot with identity, with knowing who I was, and you know how to get love and and all that kind of stuff. How to be seen. Um, so for me, and my mom actually is very is a is a beautiful beautiful woman, but uh, also throughout her life she was very vain. She was very much into. You know, Italian as well, obviously, um, dress, you know, everything is matching, you know, every day is a different dress yes. and everything is, you know, the earrings and everything is freaking matching, the shoes and <laughs> the bag and whatever. And I think I, th I, I took some of that from her, um, but eventually I found that um, I was using it as an identity, you know, mm -hmm. and eventually when I went on to this path, when I went on my journey of self-discovery and so on and so forth, I, uh, you know, I kind of stepped away from it. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I, it's not that I don't like nice, you know, suits and, and things like that. I still do. But I guess now we've been locked down for two years. There's not much of an opportunity of doing it, but, um, yeah, now my my attire is, you know, a nice pair of jeans, and I got twenty of these blue t-shirts. And in the morning, I just really literally go in and I just grab it and put it on, and I feel super comfortable. And I feel that this is not the expression of who I am, mm -hmm. but this is right. Although I know that when I go out, I want to look good for my wife. Mm -hmm. um, I come completely from a different place right now. It's not anymore. Uh, oh, please, world, see me. But it's more, hey, how can I, you know, be here and and 
make us look really nice and and you know this this whole thing so clothing and style has so is so much deeper right it's an expression right. of right yeah so i mean and I, and i think of it that way too i think it's an expression outward of who you are mm -hmm. it's not trying to grab it and make you feel like we were saying before you know going for external things to make us feel internally how we want to feel you know um i see style as something that is an expression of yourself that you've kind of created i think a lot of people also you know know what they like um they they know what styles they like but they may not know how to put it together for themselves so i think deep down when people say oh i don't have style i think deep down they do they know what they like they just maybe need a little bit of help trying to figure that out um on their silhouette you know how they look um so yeah yeah i i, I like how you said that it's, it's an expression outward absolutely absolutely are males and female struggles same, similar, or completely different? Uh, <laughs> I think in some ways they are similar. I think, you know, women tend to get a little bit more wrapped up in, in how they should look. Um, you know, I, I think there's a perception of women looking a little bit more I don't know, elevated and sexy and coming across in all these different ways where guys, it's like, oh, congratulations, you're wearing a clean shirt. <laughs> I think women are really, I think they are. I think they're expected to, you know, kind of um, really have it all together. And I think that's a lot of pressure, not to say that guys don't feel it too, but I think in society, I think women, um, are supposed to look, um, you know, sexy on top of that. Mm -hmm. And I think as we get older, you know, that we maybe aren't feeling as sexy because we're 10 pounds heavier or because, you know, whatever. Um, and I think, I think that is a struggle. I think for women that are a little bit on the older side, I think that's a struggle. However, when people, when women kind of realize, you know what, this is who I am and they're just kind of open and out there with it. It's so much fun and it's amazing because they're really being true to themselves. But a lot of us, you know, we, we work through that. We were still working through that. So, um, Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if this uh, is is um, is a challenging question or 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 anything like that. But <clears throat> in a world where the woman is very successful and is going for it, which is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But also with the work I do, and not only as a coach but as uh, a practitioner of shamanism and holding retreats and people coming and so on and so forth, I do feel there's a shift in the in the female energy into a more masculine energy. Um, also, not not just because the female wants to become more masculine, but I believe that the male is becoming more feminine because he doesn't know how to be a male anymore, and so he gives up that uh, role. And someone in the couple has to pick it up. And usually it's the woman that has to step in. 
that is usually also another, uh, you know, another uh, motive why a relationship eventually fades off or why you have two friends in a household or mm -hmm. why the woman eventually gets like uh, uh, yucked out and just leaves because the male is not here. But mm -hmm. the woman being in her masculine, um, does that affect the way she dresses? Um, that is really, really interesting. I think when people come to me, they are inherently in a point of transition. And when we're in transition, we're still transitioning. You know, we haven't quite gotten there. So we're in process mode. And so very rarely do I have clients that are kind of there. And I'll give you an example, maybe not even in sort of dating, but people that maybe have lost weight, right? They're feeling good, but they're still kind of like we were talking about before. They Things haven't quite caught up, right? Like they maybe still feel insecure. Like they're still like in their head that, that, that figure or that body that they had before, even though they're down a hundred pounds or 50 pounds, and they need new clothes because nothing fits. So we, we work together and we try to put together a wardrobe for them and we're doing a great job. And, but they're still like, does this look good? What do, you, what do you think? Or, you know, they're still mentally not quite there. So I think um, for me, more times than not, that it's that client is going through some transition. Um, and that's why they're seeking me out. I'm just part of their journey. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the first thing that you would tell your your client on to when you take them on this journey? What's the first thing you go through to assess where they are, um, the help they need and so on? I, I have them give me a goal because, number one, they've created the goal. So that means they um, and I and I ask you series of questions, if they don't really know, like they kind of have an idea, I ask a series of questions to pull that out of them, like how they want to look, how they want to feel, um, where are they now? What's the closet looking like now? Um, you know, what do they have? What do they want to, do they have things that they want to keep? Are we completely starting over? And I think for me, I like to kind of get in the closet just to see, you know, what what's there, what they like, um, even though they kind of, oh, this, I've had this forever, but they still wear it, you know, what is it about that? You know, can we update what it is that they like about this thing and right. still make them look good? Right. Because we're still working with that person. We want to stay true to that person. Um, we just want to elevate it to maybe, you know, make them feel better, but then also to be current, um, and, and really speak to their body now a lot of people will have things in their closet that are like really old years old and just they're just not serving them anymore and so yeah. really embracing the now where they are now and helping them on that journey so the first thing that i yeah that's what i that's the first thing i do is really try to to work with those elements some um, uh, to make sure that we're true to their goal yeah i, I th that is that is Knowing where they want to go is the first thing because mm -hmm. then you're going to jump from there, right? Right. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing I do with my clients. Where do you want to go, right? Okay, this is where you are. Where are we going? And then we can adjust from there. Do you find sometimes people don't know where they want to go? They know how they want to feel. Um, they, you know, even if it's at a point where it's like, I know what I don't want. I don't know maybe what I what I want or what that looks like, but I know what I don't want anymore. Um now I will have I'll say that I have never had anybody say, you know, just got divorced and I want you to make me look hot. Like I've never had that yet. <laughs> because I want to get, you know, I want to get the most dates possible. Like I have never had anybody kind of do that. I I usually encounter people in that kind of awkwardy sort of transition period which I love because they're open, you know, and they're they're willing to kind of try things and they just need somebody to help them get there and give them that confidence. Like, yeah, you do. You look great. See how this, you know, brightens up your eyes, color, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, they need that that a uh, little bit of assurance from somebody. <laughs> I'm just for that. You know what? I'm just waiting for that um, that client to come to me. I I have a whole new story for you. <laughs> Oh, that I, I'm sure you will get them because they are around for sure. Yeah. But I also think perhaps you might not because the energy that you bring or what you are what you are expressing is actually probably repelling that part of of the of the people, right? Um, okay, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah, let's take that. Let's take that. I like that too. Uh, I think, you know, when, when, you know, the energy we put out and, and what we really stand for um, usually attracts the people that we really want to serve and the people, and we will repel the people that we want to, um, yeah, we don't really want to work with. Um, Very there's, true. There's, there's something that uh, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, talks about. It's like when you get a client when you fish with dynamite, right? You want to attract all clients because you want to serve everybody. All of a sudden you will find yourself getting up in the morning and waiting and hoping that someone will sack you from your own job because you have to work with people that you don't really want to work with. So the avatar finding the real core person you want to work with is paramount, is paramount. So. Yeah, a Absolutely. lot of people were trying to, in the beginning, a lot of people were like, really, you you, you want to just target that? You know, don't you think you're missing out on um, all these other people that need styling? And, um, and I just thought, you know, because a lot of business people will talk about niches, you know, you should really, like you say, create that avatar, who is your target um, that you really want to serve and work with, that's going to make your, your, your work more authentic to you and you love, you know, create that niche. Um, but I was, you know, in the beginning, I was getting some pushback for people about why would you just, you know, focus on people that are dating, you know, but um, that's what makes me happy. Well, usually <laughs> we want to serve the person that is exactly where it is when we started our journey, right? Uh, so yeah. we are yeah. here now. Who is the person here? Who was I here? And how can I help this person? Right. right? So, you know, you, you want to get up in the morning, you want to jump out of bed and say, oh my God, I'm going to work with Jackie today. I'm going to do, oh my God, Mary's coming. Oh shoot, Paul is coming today. Oh my God, I want to 
you know, where, yeah. you know, I, I, I targeted at the beginning people who suffer anxiety or depression, or perhaps again, I also work with people 40 plus uh, mm-hmm. that are in a stage of life where they're stuck and they, you know, want to do something, but don't know what it is and, and so on and so forth. But at the beginning, I literally um, was fishing with, with dynamite. So everybody mm-hmm. come in, right? Yeah. And what I found was that I had people that wanted that more mm-hmm. or that next level life. I just didn't want to do the freaking job. They didn't want to, he just, they were looking for their blue pill, the red pill. Yeah. And it's not going to work. And those people and, and all yours, you know, respect to them, but I, it was frustrating to me when I would have my calendar pop up and say, oh, today, um, you know, you're working with Mark today at 10. I'm like, oh, my God. I know he didn't know nothing last week. Mm-hmm. I know he's, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, I remember what Russell Brunson said. Be careful that you do not want to wake up one day to wish someone would sack you from your own job. Yeah, Make sure you 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 attract the right people, and yeah. um, you know you you might have less numbers perhaps at the beginning, but not only will you be able to really serve because they are there to receive, but also you will get to learn so much more because there's so much feedback. Yeah, having someone that just needs a pep talk, or perhaps say, hey, you're gonna wear this, this, and this, and then they're not gonna wear it because they don't feel, you know, confident enough, or they're just not ready, and but just need someone else to listen to them. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you, you just brought up a kind of a good point in that, you know, I'm, I'm still learning and growing as a person too. And serving people and working with people that, you know, are in my, in my, we share sort of the same view worldview. I think just help helps me be better at what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I don't want to waste time working with somebody that, you know, just doesn't, doesn't necessarily want my help per se, or isn't, uh, isn't really interested. Um, but I actually, I kind of wanted to bring this up too. You said something about, you know, our, uh, our people, is their style different when they divorce or you said something along those lines and, mm-hmm. Before I started this, I interviewed certain people just so I had a better sense of who, again, who my who my target audience was. And so I went to a, a group um, of people that are widows and widowers and I interviewed them. You know what what is different about how they how they are now? And I, and I was kind of going broad and then I was going to come in um, to specifically about how they were dressing and. It was interesting to me in that a couple of the women that I interviewed were saying, you know, I I dress now for myself before I sort of dress for my husband, you know, and now when I go shopping and I don't pick something up and look at it and think, oh, you know, let's call him Larry, the husband. Larry would hate this. It has yellow in it, but I love yellow and put it back and, you know, oh, wait, Larry's not here anymore. I, I'm in transition. I'm dressing for me. I'm dressing the way I want. And, and so, it, it, so we, again, they're in this transition. They're like learning about mm-hmm. who they are and what they, how they want to look. 
Um, and it's very freeing. It's, it's, um, I just, I was so impressed with that versus when I interviewed a couple of the guys, I'd asked them, you know, what is sort of the, some of the biggest changes that has happened to you, um, you know, after your partner has passed. And, you know, it was, it was sort of weird answers like, well, I play more tennis or I, you know, I downsized. It was, it was less about the person. It was more about the, the things. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. That is such a great thing that you just shared. I never thought this. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That mm. is so true. Right. When the person leaves, um, and obviously there is an identity of us that reflected that person. And all of a sudden you're going to make decisions and there is still some influence of that person, which is not here no more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good Lord. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because that still stays with us until we, we, we can move on, right? Yeah. And to be honest, I, I kind of shared what she was, I, I, I didn't realize that at the time, but when I was reflecting on it, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I had thought about how I dressed when I was a married person and how I dress now, because, you know, my, my spouse then would say certain things or like certain things and not others. So I wouldn't wear them because we we're pleasers. We want to please yeah. our spouse. We, you know, yeah. that's just human. That's just human. Um, but I don't, I don't dress. My hair is not the same as it was. It's, you know, you do change. You, you. Yeah, you, you. Yeah, you're more. You, you're not the same person. You're not the same you five years ago. You're you today, which is amazing. Now the expression fully of who you are, which is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I had a question and it came out of my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. That was actually a not, not, not bad question, I think. Um, actually, no, I got it. So tell me, why do you think, um, I have an idea about it, but I'd like to know from an expert, mm -hmm. why do you think that at the beginning of a relationship, say dating, right? Dating is the, re the beginning of a potential relationship that can turn into you know, a, a relationship. Why do people at the beginning um, wear certain things, dress a certain way, act a certain way, right? Express a certain way. And then as soon as they have conquered, let's use that word, um, conquered or, you know, now they have the relationship. Why over time do you think that people are not the same anymore as when they were dating. They kind of like, oh, I got this now. I'm married now. It's okay. Okay. I don't need to do this no more. I'm mean, going to just play it off a little bit. I'm more, I'm a little bit more chilled, right? Yeah. What do you think that happens? That's, do you that's, think a, that's a thing? I, that's a really good question. Um, and I'm um, reminding myself again. <laughs> I, you know, I think we put our best foot forward. We, you know, we hold back on sort of the ugly stuff um, about us because we all have it, you know, we all have baggage. Um, hopefully you can put it in the overhead compartment above your seat. <laughs> lock, lock it really well. <laughs> if I open up on, on, on the fly up on landing. 
I think, you know, we just, we want to put our best foot forward. And I think once we build that trust up over time, we kind of, because we're trying to impress, right? We're trying to give a show. And then when, when the curtain slowly kind of comes down and, you know, you, you begin to share more, you get a little bit more comfortable, um, you build more trust, then people feel like they can be more relaxed and more relaxed is more relaxed clothing too, I think. Um, now, if you're dressing for yourself, which is what I advocate, um, then that typically doesn't happen because you will always have it. For instance, I have uh, my youngest brother. He has always been a great dresser and has an amazing shoe collection. <laughs> um, but he dresses for himself and he always has. And now he's in a relationship, but he hasn't changed. You know, he's, he still dresses really nicely. And so I think you should always dress for yourself, really, you know, to make yourself the way feel the way you want to feel um sweats rarely do that i mean i'm not saying this i love sweats i mean i'm always in sweats you know in the house but are they too big make me look dumpy you know you can you can have pretty good sweats game too but i don't go to the store in it <laughs> you know i don't show up at my clients in them you know i think i think clothing and in the, in the style of clothing also creates a mindset for people too. Mm. Um, I was an instructor once for a fellows program. There were, there were a group of fellows who had just gotten out of the military or they were, they were spouses of military people and they were all very interested in starting businesses. It was an entrepreneur uh, program. And some of them, they brought me in because they wanted to have a talk about what to wear um, for investor meetings or for what you wear to an interview or for what you wear, you know, just different things. And one of the things that one of the participants said was, I always wear sweats, you know, I don't care. I, I, I'm that person that's on the plane, you know, in sweats. And I, and I said to her, well, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. You want to create a perception for people. Um, and, you you know, you have a second to do that. So you, you don't know who you're going to be sitting next to on a plane. It could be, a, you know, possible investor, or, you know, somebody that could help you as a business person. You want to be your brand. You want to present. Um, which kind of goes against what I just said about dressing for other people. But... <laughs> Again, I think it's, it's a mindset. You're creating a mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, for me, I know I, I'm 52 and I don't know. Um, yeah, I, this is me. If I'm mm -hmm. home, if I'm, if I'm doing everyday things, this is me every mm -hmm. day, really. Um, if I go out, we go for dinner and things like that, then, you know, there's a shirt, there's a jack, you know, there's a blazer and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I remember someone telling me, that was a few years ago, I told me, you know, when, when he saw me wearing this all the time, you know, he goes, dude, you, you don't, don't you have anything? Just when I started to come online, right? Mm. I said, hey, man, you, you know, you have to, you know, you should probably wear it, you know, like a, like a, a, um, a shirt and so on and so forth, and, you know, your credibility and whatever, whatever. I'm like, dude, um, 
<laughs> like I worked in construction where I wasn't even dressed like this. I, I, you know, you can just imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I made millions of dollars. So I never associated the look with mm -hmm. what I could make. Uh, I understand that online is a completely different story. Yeah. But um, today, you know, I am, I am just being me and, and um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, but it's part of your brand. And I think that's what you're trying to brand, say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's my wife said like, you know, you could, if someone saw you differently, you wouldn't just, you know, um, but, um, but I tr do believe and I, I agree with you when people date at the beginning, they give the best of themselves. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden that chilling thing comes in and fades away. Matter of fact, when clients come to me and ask me about relationship and, you know, marriage is not going that well or whatever, ever tension or disconnect or whatever, I always ask that. Are you the same person? Are you, and I use the selling word, but are you selling yourself as you did at the beginning mm -hmm. when you wanted the person? Because mm -hmm. back then, if you remember, I say you would look, you know, you make yourself look good. You're wearing well, you know, you're smelling nice. And, and you really brought your A game to uh, this relationship. Now you just got, you know, you just take it for granted and you think, well, I don't have to do this no more. And that's the biggest mm -hmm. downfall, right? Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, I think a relationship is like business. It's a constant transaction and you got to bring something. You can't just wait and take from it. Right. That's so funny. I, you I, say I, that. I just read something about that, that God, what was it in? And it was, are you treating your spouse like you would a client, you know, mm. would you rate your client? Would you put your client down or do you want to do everything for that client to make that client happy? 100%. Um, where did I read that? I just read that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I say, I say that go back and sell yourself, go back and be that salesperson that gave the best he had made her laugh, took her out, opened the door here and there, or maybe all the time. I don't know, but you know, be that person. Because yeah. if you do today, as you did, then your relationship will never change. And that's obviously goes both ways. But as I always say, if, if there's something not right with your relationship, change yourself first. Yeah. So, you know, go back to the origins. What you used to do and innovate, you know, a relationship is innovation, constant. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I, I remember when we lost our business, we lost our seven-figure business three years ago, and my wife was then diagnosed with cancer. And we went from making 200 grand a month to zero and we entered this massive law case and, and we lost everything we had because we put everything on red. And um, our lawyer's firm said, we, we, we got this, um, but we didn't. So everything was gone. Mm. Two days later, she was diagnosed with cancer. So everything was gone, right? We used to go out in the morning for breakfast, go for dinner. We do this and we, you know, whatever. That's mm -hmm. all gone. So yeah. for me, it was like, okay, hang on a second. How can I go through this situation and do everything I can for this woman to not feel one iota of difference between before and right now? So you know what I used to do in the morning? It's not bullshit. 
you know, we used to go to our favorite cafe here and have breakfast and I know what Grace likes and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I started from the moment we had no cash. We couldn't do anything anymore. I started every morning to cook breakfast for her exactly the same things that she liked on her plate mm-hmm. and her coffee. And I would grab my little napkin, my little towel, and I would put it literally around my arm and bring it around to her and serve it to her and not make her feel that there was a difference. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I brought in my selling skills to the next level because it was needed. There was a woman that was going through a, a crazy um, moment, plus what happened to 22 of our people. You know, we had to let them go and so on and so forth. There's a big thing, change happened. Yeah. But I realized that um, now you got to innovate. You can't yeah. go in a corner like a little boy and, oh, my God, I hope this is going to go away as soon as I open my eyes. Mm-hmm. But you got to innovate and you got to keep it alive, right? Um, I love that. Yeah. I think what you do is amazing because you teach people to actually take care of themselves, dress for themselves, but – also bring something to the other person which makes them feel special and it's beautiful mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and, I, and and clothing is like for an animal right they got these beautiful colors the beautiful coats and nature has been dev- um, created like that right to present and to you know if you look at a peacock you know it's like whoa here i am <laughs> right it's, it's amazing all they want to do is attract the, the female and bring something to the female that says, hey, that little bitch over there doesn't have this, right? This is me, yeah. right? <laughs> so, yeah, I really I really love what you do, you know, and I think it, it's, it's brilliant. And even so more in the world we live in today, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I love what I do. I, I, You know, to be honest, I am very – Grateful that I figured it out. You know, I think um, it took me a really long time to figure out what made me happy. I think in my other career, you know, I was just sort of, I was kind of pursuing it because it was kind of prestigious and I knew that other people thought that and they were kind of like, oh, you do that? Oh, wow, you know? And so that was kind of like, you know, kind of stroking my ego a little bit, but it didn't make me happy really, you know, I was just, I was happy for that second that it stroked my ego. And then totally. then you need the next fix, right? Yeah. Yes, totally. And it was hoping somebody would sack me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, I, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, I, I learned this over the last th- 10 years of my life after my, my suicide attempt, there was a lot of work to needed to be done uh, for me, but today, you know, I stay away, especially, in my retreats, you know, when I finish my retreat, I, I mean, I, I usually retreat. I, mm-hmm. I don't hang around. I don't want, I don't want the, oh man, this was, or, oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't want none of that because, not because, oh, look at me now. I don't need that. It's mm-hmm. beautiful to receive. Obviously I do get some of it, but I try to really keep it very tamed because mm-hmm. I don't want to get trapped into that feeling you know the ego is a very funny yeah, part yeah, of ourselves yeah. that can somehow get really trapped about that and all of a sudden you do what you do not because 
of who you are, but what you receive. And all of a sudden, at that moment, you're not serving anymore, but you are using. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and that's a very different life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. And for you to be happy like this and shining every single time you talk about this, it's like, this is you. This is, this is your serving the person that perhaps reflects so closely to who you are, to who you were in 2016 when you started this journey. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So fulfilling. Yeah. And still on the journey. So we'll see. Oh my God. This journey never ends. We're barely scratching the surface, my dear friend. (laughs) So how excited is that? We're going to get this to do this for the next 50 years, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I'll be 102. You wait. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. I mean, this is, yeah, I really, I really enjoy chatting with you. This is a, this, um, it, you know, this week I have learned a lot. I have mm-hmm. learned that I can serve, um, I can serve people in a completely different way, and yeah. um, and I'm really grateful for you and for all the guests that this week came on, because I had a, a long break through the whole lockdown situation and whatever we had to go through. Mm. So it kind of like the, this new chapter again of life at this radio changed. Mm-hmm. And um, and you are making a big impact on that and teaching me a lot like the other people this week. So super, super awesome. Super grateful. Super, super grateful. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take this show and we're going to transition towards you know, towards the end of the show. And if you remember, one of the questions was, um, oh. what is your favorite, what is your favorite song, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the point where most people say, oh, yeah, shoot, there was that. What's going to happen with that, right? Uh-huh. So what's going to happen with that? We're going to listen to that song for a little bit, and and then we're going to come back to it. And um, actually, this time around, it's 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 great because I'm using this Rodecaster Pro now. Before it used to be all directly to my PC, so I used to have a, a YouTube clip um, playing from here. I had to pivot my, you know, wow. tilt my microphone to there. So super super, you know, um, C D E F grade. Now I got a Rodecaster Pro. Right. Different. So if you mind, if you don't mind, right? So we're gonna listen to that song and I'm gonna come back with it to it and uh, I'm gonna ask you a question. Cool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So here we go. Now I got a fader. I messed up tonight. I lost another fight. I still mess up, but I'll just start again. I keep falling down. I keep on hitting the ground. But I always get up now to see what's next. Birds don't just fly, they fall down and get up. Nobody will learn 
won't give up, no, I won't give in till I reach the end and then I'll start again. No, I won't leave. I wanna try everything. I wanna try even though I could fail. I won't give up, no, I won't give in. Oh. This is um, this is a part of the show where I actually get emotional because <clears throat> you know putting a song at the end, um, and I'm not sure if that is doing the same for you. But what the song and why I ask people to to um, to share a song is actually, and it's funny because if I would and I never never listened to the songs before I actually speak with people. Mm. But every time, every time I listen to the songs, I can see the whole story mm-hmm. coming through that song. I, and I think it's, um, it's really beautiful because it puts kind of like an, a, the bow. Yep. The yep. end of someone's story, right? So I love that song. I do. Well, first of all, it's Shakira. She's <laughs> Oh, God. Um, <laughs> So the question for you is, what does this song mean to you? I, you know, I think it is, gosh, when I first heard the song, I was like, yep, absolutely. This is, this is my life. You know, I'm somebody that takes risks and I think, I mean, it's calculated to an extent, but I think a lot of people are afraid to take risks. They're afraid um, of what what's on the other side. And I am very fortunate in that. Um, I, I'm somebody that I, I take risks, you know, um, it makes people around me very nervous, but I do it. And one of the things about this song is, um, you know, my son and I, <laughs> he loves this song too. And so, you know, when we're washing dishes and we're, you know, drying dishes and putting them away. Like he knows every, every um, word of the song. And so do I. And so, I love that, that he knows that and knows the words. And, you know, I want that to sink into him that it's okay to fail. And that is part of who we are as humans. Um, And you don't have to get it right. And in fact, there's so much beauty in getting it wrong because it gives you a better opportunity to, to make it right, you know? And I love that for my son, that he knows that now instead of, thinking he's got to have everything right and figured out because that's a terrible way to go through life. So. I love it. I love (laughs) it. And really this song represents you so much with the story you just shared. Yeah. On the dot, on the (laughs) dot. (laughs) Wow. What a journey. What a journey, Maura, you brought us on. And I, before I give you the, the, the mic, and one last time, I um, I want to ask you my last question for the show. That is, those two last things is what I do every time. And the last question for you I have is, if you could ask yourself or if you would ask yourself a question and give yourself the answer, what would you ask, Maura Gogan? Oh, gosh. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Um, You know what? I think every day you have to ask yourself, are you happy? Because it's so easy to think 
to think you're happy, but then get sort of sidetracked and go this way or go that way. You know, I think asking myself every day, are you happy? It sounds so simple and I think it just sounds so, you know, whatever, but I think it's an important question. So that's what I've asked myself. What's the answer? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> High five to you, my dear friend. Wow. How amazing. How amazing. Hmm. I'm going to give you the mic. You can, um, whatever you have. Yeah. You can let it all go. <laughs> Before we wrap it up. Um, I... I don't know. I think we had a really great discussion. I don't know what else there is to say. Um, but I'm glad, you know, I'm really glad that you have shows like this and that people tune tune in because at the end of the day, it's just it's just being able to relate to other people. I mean, we're just we're just humans, right? And we're just bumping around on this earth. Um, and everybody has a different journey, but we can relate and we can connect and we can show empathy and love towards each other. Um, whether it's being a stylist or being a coach or being something else um, or dating online, like <laughs> and being a good person, <laughs> um, you know, we should and could be doing that. Um, and it's the, it's this show that that really kind of brings us all together to share. And I think it's great. So thank you again for having me. Absolutely. It was an absolute honor. It would have been a great mistake if I didn't um, click on that match. Um, <laughs> button and and i didn't speak with you so i am i feel blessed and privileged to have you have to have you uh on the show and um have learned so many things from you uh i will listen again to this and um yeah i really thank you for having chosen us and coming on and sharing your gifts and sharing who you are and going really deep into the things that have worked on and haven't worked, but then you learn something and shared all of that. So I really appreciate you for that. Thank so you. I'm going to wrap this up you guys. And um, I really thank you for listening until here. If you watch the show, I thank you. If you are listening to the show, I thank you. And this is the moment where I say, if you didn't, subscribe to the show yet this is your time to click on that subscribe button so i can send you a notification when the next show and the next life artist will be here to share their gift and their lessons with you mm -hmm. and also i want to ask you to leave me a review if you could so you can help me grow and learn and allow me to serve you even better um, and if you know of someone that will be absolutely inspired by Maura's um, story and this chat that we had today, share it on every single platform. Because remember, everything we receive in life is not for us to keep, but to mm -hmm. be shared. And so share with your loved ones, your friends, and anybody that would like to get some inspiration and some way of how to look better, feel better, and attract the people that they really want in their life by by first finding themselves and then expressing them by the way they dress and feel and 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 show themselves to the world and if you go on to, uh, on to ultimatesuccess.me you're going to get a gift from me that's going to help you find your core why so you can take your st next step forward into 
into the life that you deserve and hopefully the dreams that you desire. Um, and this is me. This is me. This is another episode coming to the end. Life Artist Radio. And I'm your host, Rodolfo DeAngeli. I wish you well. God bless you. Stay safe. And I shall tell you, talk to you very, very soon. Ciao.